This podcast is brought to you by Fear Free, the initiative that takes the pet out of petrified and puts treat into treatment. Learn more at fearfreepets.com. This is your Fear Free podcast series. I'm your host, Steve Dale. Today we're talking about relief vets and Fear Free. There is a connection there. And we have two of the best joining us. Dr. Cindy Trice is a veterinarian with 16 years of experience who has worked in over 50 practices. She is the founder of Relief Rover, a community for veterinary relief professionals. And Dr. Julie Liu is a fear-free relief vet licensed to Texas and California, a relief veterinarian who herself is based in Austin and is a contributor to Fear Free as well as an author on her own. Together, they co-wrote, and it'll be out soon, an additional course for Fear Free called Fear Free for Relief Vets. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So I have a question for both of you to start off. Being a relief veterinarian is unique in of itself. You're in a practice you may not be completely familiar with, or maybe you're familiar with the practice, the other veterinarians there, but not necessarily the clients. You may not have seen that individual client that you're going to see, and then the next client, then the next client, ever before. You've not, you've not met these people or their pets. Does Fear Free make a difference in that way? Dr. Trice, you can go first if you understand the nature of what I'm trying to ask. I would say absolutely, 100%. It, it is helpful. And it's, it's helpful to come into a practice that you don't know with this approach, because one thing you may be doing is introducing this idea to a practice that doesn't already know about it or, or hasn't adopted fear-free uh, techniques. So what I've found is that team members get really excited to learn these new techniques and we help spread the word. And we basically will help these team members adopt new protocols and techniques for their hospitals. Same with pet parents. They may not, you know, they may have never seen this before. So we have an opportunity to give them a great experience and give their pet a great experience. And that uh, in turn, is going to reflect very positively on the practice. And as relief vets, our main client is the practice. Well, I have a question for you. Uh, as a follow-up to that, does the veterinarian you're filling in for, or maybe other veterinarians at the practice, see what you're doing, see that the client is happy, the pets are happy? Do they ever get, like, jealous? I think actually they get more curious and it, you know, we may be introducing something that they, they see it, that it works and they're excited to adopt it. I think, I think veterinarians in general are collaborative and we're, we're, we're used to sharing with each other. And, uh, and so I don't think it's jealousy. I think it's curiosity and sort of a, a preparedness for adoption sometimes. So, Dr. Liu, the same sort of question for you. You're walking into a practice you may not be familiar with. You're certainly meeting, in many cases, clients you've not seen before. Uh, Is this new to folks? And are they turned off? Are they turned on? Are they saying, wow, this is amazing? Or maybe more importantly, the dogs or the cats are saying, in a sense, this is amazing. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I I think it can really run the gamut. Um, I think some people truly have never heard anything (laughs) about their pet's emotional health before. 
And even though, you know, there might be multiple alerts on a patient's file about a pet being stressed in the past, trying to bite, you know, exhibiting, um, you know, fear-based aggression, no one's ever communicated certain things to an owner before, because I think sometimes we worry they might get upset or, you know, defensive. Um, But I really, to be honest, haven't really found too many clients like that. What I found much more often is just... um, this feeling of, well, I think gratefulness is probably a little bit too strong, <laughs> but just appreciation that someone's actually being honest with them. And, um, you know, as far as going into a new practice, just because I, I do feel like it can be kind of a sensitive topic, just like when you're, uh, you know, talking about raw diets or something, you have to kind of be tread very lightly sometimes because you don't know um, if someone might um, take offense or take it personally. So I'll try to typically um, talk about their behavior throughout throughout the appointment but kind of leave the main stuff at the end. And I've had I've heard so many amazing things from clients. Like I, I think I've told Cindy this, but I've had clients tell me, um, oh yeah, they're, you know, my my dog is really scared of the groomer and has been banned from like three groomers, you know, or I'm gonna be traveling um, next week with my cat and she just hates car rides. Or I remember I had one client tell me, um, oh yeah, I think my dog is or my puppy is going through a second fear period. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like how would that is so perceptive of you as a pet owner to see that. And so I think, um, and as far as, um, you know, the jealousy question, I really haven't encountered that, um, you know, myself either. I agree with, you know, Dr. Trice, which is, you know, they, I do feel like vets are in general collaborative and, you know, most relief vets, we kind of have a different, we have a different role. So we're not really looking to compete with associates. We're looking to support the practice, you know, spread the fear-free message um, and then kind of go on to the next practice. Um, But yeah, I think a lot of, um, you know, colleagues with vets and vet techs, they really, they are curious and they do want to learn, you know, what, what our supplies are that we're bringing to the clinics and what information we're sharing. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's really, really valuable because you just, you have so much more influence as a relief vet with just the number of practices you go to than uh, working at a single practice as an associate. So Dr. Trice, you're buzzing into a practice, buzzing out of a practice. I love the way you have put this in the past that you're a pollinator. What, what do you mean exactly by that? I mean, and I think it goes back to that, um, to that collaborative nature. And, and one of the really fun things about being a relief vet is that as we go from practice to practice, we learn all sorts of things from new medical protocols to um, communicate ways of communicating with either staff or clients or organizational techniques. And we become really good because we see so many different versions of this and we adopt so many different versions. We can go to another practice and say, you know what? I learned this technique at this practice. And I think that this will fit really well into your workflow or whatever the case may be. And I think one of the cool things about relief veterinarians being fear-free practitioners is that they can pollinate uh, the fear-free message to, to practices who don't yet know about it or haven't yet adopted it. And they're not only pollinating it verbally, um, they're demonstrating it and they're, they're, they're leading by example. And I think that that's a a really powerful uh, thing that relief vets do. Dr. Liu, are you also a pollinator? Uh, Do you have a toolkit that you kind of take with you no matter where you go? 
Yeah, I do. I mean, I think uh, most relief vets have their work bag and that could be just a, a regular bag with their stethoscope, you know, their whatever books they want to bring. Um, and for me, I came to fear free uh, relief practice after being certified for several years as an associate. So it really was this adjustment for me where I really wasn't sure and like, oh, I don't really know what this practice is going to have. Like, can I still be fear free? So uh, yeah, with my work bag, I try to pack it full of things that will allow me to be fear free no matter what uh, supplies a clinic has. So um, it's little things like, of course, my treat bag. <laughs> so I bring that uh, everywhere and I always wear it throughout my appointments. Um, I bring my own treats, so high value treats for dogs and cats. I bring some squeaky toys and tennis balls. I bring a rolled up um, non-slip bathtub mat, uh, lidocaine cream for injections and vaccines. And then I have like a little stack of um, handouts for fear uh, from Fear Free Happy Homes. Um, the one I always hand out is the one, how to prepare your pet for a veterinary visit. Mm -hmm. um, that is really, really helpful. And it talks about, you know, non-medication options too, just because I feel like some clients aren't really ready to accept the idea of an anxiolytic for their pet. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's really made a huge difference and people always want to come and borrow your supplies <laughs> when they see your work bag. So people come and get pepperonis or little packets of churu that they can use with their patients. And I feel like being generous with that is another way that you can, you know, pollinate with fear free as um, Dr. Trice was saying. I think the only thing you're missing is Skittles because then I'd come in <laughs> to see you. So do, yeah. you, do you, Dr. Trice, have a favorite fear free flop, something that happened, because we all learn from mistakes others make, and maybe it wasn't a mistake even that anyone made, per se, just something that didn't work. A flop may be when you are going to a practice where you're a new vet, they don't really know you, the team doesn't know you, um, and a flop could be to take the wrong communication approach. So if you see the team um, side pinning a dog to cut their nails or scruffing a cat, um, a, a, a big flop that isn't going to do fear free any favors or do that animal any favor is to favors is to come in and be like, no, 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 uh, uh, that is not the way we do things here. That's not how you're going to do that while I'm here to come in with this really aggressive approach. Um, because all that's going to happen is that team is going to get defensive and they're going to feel like, you know what, this is the way we've always done it back off lady. We don't know you. Right. <laughs> and so I think a much, um, a much better way to come in and, and approach teams where you don't have a relationship with them is a less direct approach, frankly, is to try to lead by example. And maybe you step in and say, Hey, this is a this is a technique I've used to help um, to help these animals uh, get their nails cut. Let's try it. Let's see. Let's try these treats that I have in my treat bag, um, and let's try standing them up. And let's see if if you know they'll accept this. Let's try associating a treat with the clippers, and if you know if that fails, say, hey, you know what? This actually might be a good candidate for um, you know for some. Let's send this case home on some medications. And here's why we do this. And, and just explaining or leading by example, rather than coming in more aggressively and saying, nope, you guys are doing it wrong. This is not the way to do it. Can't you see you're, you're terrifying this dog? You're just going to make people defensive. I have the same question for you, Dr. Liu. Anything that kind of, I won't call it a flop, but it, it did not work. Well, you know, I think 
uh, kind of what Dr. Trice was saying, you know, I agree with that leading by example. And, you know, sometimes you're going to do everything you can. You're going to, you know, mention something in the same way that you've mentioned a thousand times before successfully. And you might just encounter that one staff member or one client who just isn't really going to share that view, you know, of fear free. And so, um, yeah, I've had that happen a couple times recently, one with a, you know, pet parent where they were, you know, upset about a discussion about their pets, you know, stress levels. Um, and I, you know, looked back and I was like, oh, could I have, you know, approached that in a different way? So, uh, but they, it was kind of, they, they were kind of taking it personally, which definitely wasn't my intention. So, um, so that was one for the client. And then another one recently with uh, a staff member where I was, you know, try to use a towel with every cat and try to be, have cat friendly handling. And, you know, I was um, told that, well, we just, we usually just use cats or towels for aggressive cats or, uh, you know, for euthanasias. And then I kind of went on to explain, well, this is kind of why I'd like to use towels. And mm -hmm. I, I just didn't really get the sense that <laughs> my explanation really went a long way with this person. And that is something you have to kind of um, encounter as a relief that is just sometimes you just don't have much credibility <laughs> with staff members or clients because mm -hmm. they don't really know you. And that's just the nature of the job. But I, you know, refuse to be defeated by encounters like these because I know that just if you if you look back and think, okay, maybe I didn't really do was I really wasn't successful with this one client or one staff member, but I at least tried to initiate a conversation. And so if somebody else in the future has that same conversation or same approach, it's they're not going to be hearing that for the first time and thinking that I'm this like outlier veterinarian. Um, so yeah, those are a couple examples, but I like really don't really feel like I encounter that that often. I feel like most people are collaborative and, and at least willing to try something new or can see the value in, in what you're offering. All right. So let me ask something very positive. The best experience ever, ever, Dr. Liu. Wow. Best experience ever. Well, <laughs> I guess I'll have to think back for that, but I can tell you about a recent one that I think was a pretty big win. Sure. Um, so it was, I, I've been doing relief uh, a little bit with a, a house call um, group and it was a house call with a multi-cat household. And I already was a little bit nervous because there was an, a, some, there's some sort of no note from the client saying that these cats were a little bit scared of people. And I'm like, Oh, great. Are we going to be able to <laughs> even handle these cats? But you know, what was great is the technician I was working with was actually fear free certified. And I introduced myself as a fear free and cat friendly vet. And she told me she was fear free and like, Oh, this is awesome. Like I hardly ever get to work with fear free technicians. Um, so I let her know about my towel approach. And when we got to the house, um, uh, the two cats we were supposed to handle, like one was nowhere to be found. The other one was behind the toilet <laughs> in the bathroom. And, you know, based, you know, like FAS of four is like terrified. And so we using teamwork, you know, we communicated with each other. We communicated with the owner. We were able to handle that cat um, in a cat friendly way where we couldn't get everything done. So um, we wanted to get a leukemia FIV test done, but I'm like, there's no way we were going to be able to draw blood on this cat without gabapentin. But we did an a, a exam. We gave it its rabies, its FERCP. Um, and then we were even able to handle the housemate cat as well, who was also extremely fearful and probably might need injectable sedation in the future. But uh, but based on that, you know, I felt really, really happy. And the owner was so happy at the end of the visit. And, you know, she she 
we scripted out gabapentin. She wanted to know if she could request us to come to her house next time, which I'm like, I don't know, I'm a relief vet, but we can try, you know? And so um, I just feel like, you know, that's just one example of clients who, when you just kind of show them these different techniques, then, then you do build that trust, even though they've never seen you before and can help prepare that cat or dog for the, um, for, uh, for success in the future. It sounds like a part of the story is that having a fear-free certified or registered technician makes a huge difference to work with. Yeah, I would I I would love to see more fear-free techs out there. Excuse me. Um, I have worked with several or encountered several vets who are fear-free certified, but it's not, I have really haven't encountered too many fear-free technicians unless it's at a fear-free certified practice. So I really would love to see more involvement with the, um, you know, technicians, vet assistants, receptionists, or our client service representatives, because, you know, especially the techs, uh, they do the majority of the restraint when we're handling pets. And so I feel like knowing these techniques is going to keep them safe. It's going to keep the pets much less stressed. And we're going to be able to get a lot further with what we want to do with them medically. So yes, I would love to see more technicians in the future if you're free certified. And I think that's beginning to happen. Uh, Dr. Trice, what is your favorite fear-free tip? (laughs) My favorite fear-free tip is, um, and this comes from working in the ER where things are high stress and um, you often feel like you've got to be on super high speed and uh, to get things done quickly uh, when you're triaging patients. But the thing, one of the favorite things I learned in the ER um, fear-free course was that, that actually remember you do have time to slow down with these patients sometimes and that lowering their FAS is actually um, not just for their psychological well-being, but for their physiological well-being, because these patients, some of them, when they're critical, they are truly uh, teetering on the edge. And that if that FAS goes up um, at all, you you're not just going to stress them out and make them scared of the next vet visit, but you that may actually be the thing that tips them over the edge and puts them into cardiac arrest. So kind of just knowing that, okay, we do need to calm down. Um, we, we can go slower. We can take a moment to breathe, to really pay attention to this pet. We can get either sedatives on board uh, quickly or pain meds, both um, depending on what the circumstances are. Um, so I think that's one of the, the best things that I've learned. And, and since I do work a lot of ER, uh, one of the things that I've used a lot. Well, you know, and by the way, FAS, you mean fear, anxiety, and stress for those who may not know. Same question for you, Dr. Liu, your favorite tip. Um, I think for me, I really love my treat bag. (laughs) So mine is a fear-free branded one that I got, I think when I got certified level two or something like that, but I had never really worn a treat bag or used a treat bag prior to that. And so I started using it when I had, or when I was an associate and I found it's like, wow, it's really nice not to have to get up to get more treats for the pet. And then it's, um, you know, a lot of dogs know what a treat bag is because their owners use one for training or walks. Um, And of course the pets can smell all these, you know, delicious smells of the treats in your treat pouch. And so into my treat pouch, I also tuck in besides like little pepper, I'll put, you know, like a little churu pouch and then also the the lidocaine cream. And, um, you know, that way it's just, I feel like it's really, um, 
sometimes when you become, when you become fear-free certified, it can be a little bit overwhelming because you think, oh, oh, I have to do this and I have to do this. I have to be next to the pet and I may not make eye contact. I have to, you know, so it's, I feel like some people maybe get a little bit paralyzed thinking about, oh, how can I do all this and just relearn, you know, how I handle a pet. And so if you just focus on one thing at a time, for me, like one really accessible way is just the treat pouch because everyone loves giving pets treats. You can see it, you know, be able to distract a pet. You can involve the owner with giving treats so they can see the value of fear free. Um, it's just something to me that really, really helps broadcast the, the value of fear free. And it just makes handling pets so much easier and um, just having those treats like right by your side. And I believe after this podcast, you're going to be adding Skittles to that treat pouch. <laughs> Yes, I'll, I'll add those for you. <laughs> I, I'd like that, actually. So you guys have worked together before. One can tell. Uh, that's easy enough to tell just by listening to you both. Uh, and it includes the course that you wrote, an additional course for Fear Free. Tell me about that course, Dr. Trice, and some promotion you are doing about it. Well, we got really excited uh, to work with with Fear Free to create this course. And, and actually, um, Dr. Liu uh, approached me about, about doing it. And um, we thought this is such a great opportunity because relief vets may feel that they can't be fear free because by virtue of the fact with, you know, how we started this whole conversation, right? You go to so many different practices, you work with so many different teams, and it just seems impossible to practice fear free because you don't have control over the environment that you're going to be in. But really nothing could be further from the truth. It's actually an amazing thing for relief vets to be fear free not only for themselves, it makes the job so much more enjoyable, but for the fact that we are have the opportunity to be pollinators and to spread the word about Fear Free and the techniques to other clinics and get them the team members excited and on board and get the pet parents excited about it as well. And also just remembering that, you know, like Dr. Liu referred to before, you may, you may not be able to be perfectly fear-free every time, right? Like there, there may be circumstances where you can't follow the exact protocol that you would want to because your circumstances aren't perfect. But even making some inroads into that and even making that pet's experience just that much better, you have already made a huge difference. And um, so we're really excited to share the techniques in this course for not only fear-free techniques and tools that you can take with you as a relief vet, vet, but how do you communicate with practice owners? How do you communicate with the team? How do you communicate with pet parents who don't know you? Um, and we, you know, we dive in a, a little bit to shelter versus ER versus general practice. And uh, so it's going to be a really great course. It, it really does sound it. And what's more, Relief Rover that you're a part of, you have, you have. An exciting announcement to make right now. That's right. So Relief Rover is a community where for relief veterinarians and technicians, and it's free. It's free for relief vets and techs to join. We have a lot of tools and resources, community. We have a job board, things like that. So we welcome anyone who's interested in relief practice uh, to join us. But the great thing is we have an amazing discount on fear free memberships. Huge. It's a huge discount for our members. And we really want to encourage um, relief vets and techs to, uh, to sign up and become 
become fear free certified. So we have a great discount. So sign up to find out more. So if I live in the state of Maine, if I live in the state of Florida, if I live in, I don't know, armpit, Iowa, uh, can I, should it matter where I live? Can I join you? You can join. We are nation. We are a nationwide community. We have over 2,500 vets nationwide. Um, We are just growing our tech side. So we're pushing 200, uh, but we're growing by almost a hundred new members a month. And yeah, nationwide, we welcome anyone to join us. Take advantage of our discounts and our tools and our community. And your your pollinators. How can that be bad? That's right. So relieforever.com is where you would go. Okay, perfect. Dr. Trice, thank you. Dr. Liu, thank you as well. And congratulations on the new course. Thank you. Thank you for having having us. It was fun. Thank you. Hey, if you're already registered for Fear Free, be sure to keep up with all the Fear Free happenings, access the new toolbox items, and find all the additional courses like the one we talked about at fearfreepets.com. And of course, if you're not registered, find everything you need to get started at fearfreepets.com. If you're a member interested in pursuing practice certification, get more details on the same site under the Veterinary About section. And if you're a pet owner who just stumbled upon this podcast, how lucky you have been, I think. Uh, You can learn more about the resources for you at fearfreehappyhomes.com. I'm Steve Dale. 